This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight. Hope you're having a great Thursday evening. The Edmonton Oilers into the all-star break here. Looking a lot better than they were a couple weeks ago, aren't they? 5-0-1 in their last six. Yeah, a couple in dramatic fashion, but they got it done. 23-13-6 for the Oilers after 42 games. In terms of points, they are out of the playoffs by three points out of the wild card and by six points out of third in their division. Now, huge discrepancy in games played. If you sort it by points percentage... They look better. Uh, they look a lot better. <laughs> uh, they would be fourth in the division instead of uh, fifth, and they would be in the last playoff spot with a 583 points percentage. So basically, if they play 600 hockey, they're at 583 right now. If they play 600 hockey the rest of the way, uh, they'll be fine. They'll get into the postseason. They, they wouldn't finish first, but they'd have a shot for second and uh, then they go from there. I mean, really, you look at it right now. Here's the points percentage in the Pacific. You got Vegas in control at 620, just ahead of Calgary, who are up to 619. Then you got LA 585, and the Oilers at 583. And uh, then you go down from there to Anaheim at 573. So the Ducks ahead of the Oilers by six points, but the Oilers with six games in hand. So the Oilers actually have the better points percentage if they can keep banking points at the rate they have so far. So just something to remember here as we move along. A lot of important games obviously coming up for the Oilers. We got them all for you here on 6.30, Chad. Starting on Tuesday night, Furnace Family Oilers Hockey, 5.30 face-off show game at 7, and the Oilers will be taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. I can tell you the Oilers farm team getting set for a home game tomorrow against Colorado and a guy that many of you are hoping is on the Oilers in the near future. Winger Dylan Holloway, the Oilers' first-round pick from 2020, joins us now on Inside Sports. Dylan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's nice to catch up with you as you've uh, been with the Bakersfield Condors now for the last little while. Are, are you noticing any lifestyle or weather differences from Alberta to California, Dylan? <laughs> um, I mean, quite a bit. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm outside so by the pool right now. It's like 20 degrees out, so I'm, I'm kind of, kind of living life out here in Cali. <laughs> well, good for you. Take advantage of it. Absolutely. I, I don't, I don't blame you for sure. Like, or could you go golfing if you wanted to, or surfing, or any, like, are you did anything like that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, guys golf all the time. I haven't been golfing yet, but I'll probably get out here pretty soon. I was playing tennis the other day. I'm a big tennis guy. Um, as far as surfing goes, I mean, Bakersfield's pretty interior California, so uh, 
not much surfing in Bakersfield, but it's not too far from like LA or kind of just like the ocean. So if you wanted to, I'm pretty sure you could. Right. You'd have to drive a little bit for sure. Uh, who, who do you look up to in tennis? Do you have a favorite guy? Um, to be quite honest, like, I don't follow it that much. Um, obviously like Federer is pretty big name. Like, every time he's playing, if I see him on TV, I'll watch a little bit, but, uh, I don't know. I kind of just picked up tennis this summer. It's a great, great sport. Kind of get, gets like the feet moving, gets the heart rate up and it's like works on your touch as well too. So I just enjoy it. And now that the weather's nice in California, I'm trying to play as much as I can. Okay. Well, good for you. That's uh, yeah, challenging sport for sure, but definitely one you need a lot of fitness for. All right. So look, you, you joined the Condors here. The, I guess the big question for you is how is your wrist feeling? That was such an ordeal for you to go through. Yeah. I mean, um, like the diagnosis right now, like the bones completely healed, which is which is what cleared me, which is unreal to hear. But uh, like obviously because my wrist was splinted up for so long, uh, like the tendons and muscles, like my mobility is not great, and there's still quite a bit of pain with it. But it's it's pretty manageable. Um, I know I got to tape it up before every ice time, but it's just one of those things you got kind of got to battle through. And I, they said it wouldn't the pain wouldn't really go away until like a couple months. So, but now that now that we're in the middle of the season, like it's just something I got to manage. So it's all good though. Yeah. How tough for, I mean, Ken Holland shared some of the story about you guys talking and discussing, maybe you needed another surgery. How tough was that for you to go through, even though if you you recognized it was probably necessary, but just knowing there was sort of going to be this additional rehab period for everything. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Like it was, I don't know, it was pretty hard, uh, like physically, obviously, and mentally, like not being able to play and then, having to rehab every day and kind of be, be on your own and doing, doing like own different workouts and skates, like not, not able to really be in that team environment is kind of, you know, it's kind of a, like, it's just, it's just tough, you know, it's, it's hard, but I'm really happy that I'm back playing now. And even though my wrist isn't quite a hundred percent, I'd still rather be playing than having to rehab every day. So. So did you have to skate and do stuff on the ice, like without holding a stick or without holding a stick normally? Like, because like you said, you could still get out there and buzz around the ice. Yeah, well, so the, my, my wrist injury is on my bottom hand, so I can still hold a stick in my right hand. Uh, so but for the first, like, couple of months after the surgery when I was skating, there's no pucks. So it was literally just straight skating and, like, edges and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Well, and you've jumped right in here with the Condors. You got five points in five games. You got your first professional goal. How do you feel you've been playing? I mean, the stats look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like I've been playing good. Uh, first couple of games are kind of hard i'd say just because I, I hadn't played in i don't know what it was nine months so my wind and legs weren't really there like weren't really in game shape yet it's like no matter how much you do like with like skating and cardio and stuff uh, until you actually start playing games you'll never like kind of get into that game shape but um but yeah after that it, it was i thought i thought i've been playing good um it's a great group of guys down here really good team that i was able fortunate enough to step into with so yeah it's just been a lot of fun and i'm excited for the games this weekend you know, over the years, Dylan, I've talked to a lot of players and a lot of coaches who have had players who have moved up a level. And for you going from you were in the AJ, you were in the Big Ten, and now you're playing in the American Hockey League. And I know a lot of people talk about adjusting to the speed and also just adjusting to that, not just physicality, but just that thoroughness and that, uh, you know, constant... Um, need to play with i guess a little more desperation and urgency and you can never even take a split second off are you finding that those are a couple things you need to adjust to uh i mean yeah like anytime you move up in a, in a level there's always that adjustment period uh like for for example like going into a ahl uh like the pace is faster but the one thing too is there's like the details in the defensive zone 
Um, I've heard that even going from the AHL to the NHL is an insane jump too. So uh, I think you just got to be sharp with your details. And like you said, you can't take a split second off because the moment you do it, like kind of, I don't lose your guy in the defensive zone or something like it could be a chance or a goal against. So it's just important stuff like that. And the coach has been really, really helpful with me so far and teaching me and kind of helping me through my first few games here playing pro. Yeah. Awesome. Dylan Holloway joining us at Insight Sports. Who have you been playing with? Have you had the same line mates? Yeah, I've had the same line mates. I'm playing with uh, James Hamlin, who's an Edmonton native actually, and then Tim Schaller. Okay, good. And you enjoy that? Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. They've, they're both really good, really good guys and really good players and, pretty easy to play with. Okay. Uh, have you had a lot of time to uh, watch any of the Oilers games? I know there's conflict sometimes, but uh, how do you, how do you keep in touch with the big club here? Yeah, no, I know. I was watching last night against Washington. Uh, I try to watch as many games as I can, but obviously like you said, sometimes we're playing the same nights as them or, or sometimes we're traveling and whatnot, but I try to watch as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, look, um, you're a, you're a hot prospect for the team. Uh, you're, you're a first uh, round draft pick. A lot of fans are following you and uh, anticipating you someday being an Edmonton Oiler. Have you felt that sort of scrutiny and anticipation from oil country? Do you try to block it out? How, how do you deal with some of the, um, I don't know if hype is the right word, but there's definitely a lot of people paying attention to you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I try not to like read into it too much. Um, you know, like hopefully when that opportunity comes, I'll be I'll be really excited for that. Uh, but right now, you know, I just got to focus on what I'm doing here in Bakersfield and uh, just focus on getting myself better as a player every day. And uh, yeah, hopefully that opportunity comes. Yeah. What are some, uh, what's uh, one or two things in the next uh, half dozen games or so you'd like to take some strides in? Um, I think my defensive game is big, big thing. Um, I don't know. I, I'm playing wing right now, but there's, there's still some defensive responsibility with wing. So uh just like the details in the defensive zone. And then, you know, obviously I like to score more goals too. Uh, so it's fun scoring goals. So I like to score a bit more. Yeah. I, I hear that from a lot of guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's good. That's good. You're thinking about that. And tell me about the first pro goal, uh, break down the play for everybody and uh, the feeling once it's sunk in. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was actually off a of face off his face off player trying to run. And then uh, Tim Schaller had the puck. He ended up getting the puck on the half wall there. And then he just threw a puck on net, and I was crashing down. And literally, the most perfect rebound came out for me. It was kind of kind of a gift, and I just grabbed it back end uh, uh, in the top corner. So it was it's pretty pretty special feeling, you know. It's uh, uh, I don't know. I get it's just scoring goals and at, like being out for so long, and then finally coming line up to score a goal is a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, for sure. Do you have the puck, or what happened there? Yeah, I kept the puck. Yeah, I got the puck in my stall in the room. Okay, good stuff. All right. Well, hey, I'll uh, I'll let you get back to your uh, busy time here of uh, lying by the pool. <laughs> and, uh, all the best coming up here. Uh, you guys got Colorado here tomorrow night, so go get them. And thanks for your time, Dylan. I hope we can talk again. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. That is Dylan Holloway. Man, well-spoken young man. Good to catch up with him. Oilers 14th overall in 2020. Talked about coming back from the injury, and he's made it through that. And now with the Condors, a goal and four assists for five points in five games. And maybe, maybe an Edmonton Oiler. I'm not going to say right, right away, but who, who knows? Maybe we, when we get into March, he's going to be a big addition. Uh, smart player, speed. He's uh, got a lot of skill as well. 
you know, I, I know talking to people who have seen him play in junior and in the Big Ten with Wisconsin, um, one of those guys, a very detailed player, strong in both ends of the ice. He may not have gaudy offensive numbers at the NHL level, but uh, the, the, to use the cliche, pretty good 200-foot game. And really uh, energetic, uh, positive, well-spoken in the interview there as well, which is nice to hear. That was Dylan Holloway on Inside Sports. Okay, it's 7-16. got to call a quick timeout. Back in a couple of minutes. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Report here from the Athletics, Pierre Lebrun, that the NHL and the Players Association met last week to start talking about a 2024 World Cup of Hockey. And what's interesting with this is it would be played in February, so they'd pause the season for it, as opposed to having it in September, as they have done in the past. So it would be, uh, you know, they would have had the Olympics now in February and, and pause the season here. That's not happening. So maybe in two years, a best-on-best best tournament, World Cup of Hockey, pausing that season. And uh, the World Cup of Hockey certainly not played with any consistency. And you go back, I mean, the World Cup of Hockey came out of the Canada Cup. So you had, what, a Canada Cup in uh, in 77, in 81, in 84, in 87, in 91, and then it got replaced by the World Cup in 96. You had a World Cup in 2004, and then you didn't have one again until uh, a World Cup in 2016. And now we're looking at probably eight years between World Cups again. So they've never really been able to, to make it sort of a consistent type of tournament. Certainly, I suppose, with there being a best-on-best best at the Olympics, maybe made the, uh, the World Cup a little let. It's uh, necessary, a little less appealing to the players to do something where you start in late August and go into September, but looks like it's going to come back. It, it started back in 1996. Uh, you probably remember this. The United States, those upstarts from the South, beating Canada in a best-of-three final series. Uh, the first game was in Montreal. Canada won that one 4-3 in overtime. And then uh, he came back to Montreal for games two and three, and the States won both of them, 5-2 the score in both games. In 2004, you had a a one-game final in Toronto. That turned out to be Canada against Finland, and Canada won that game 3-2. And then you remember in 2016, they uh, they did some different things. They had Team North America. That was made up of Canadians and Americans 23 and under. And then they had Team Europe. So if you weren't from Sweden, you weren't from Russia, you weren't from Finland, you weren't from the Czech Republic, or I guess Czechia now as we call it, um, then you had, you're on Team Europe. So Leon Dreisaitl was on Team Europe. And it was Team Europe that made the final against Canada. And that was a best of three, and Canada won it. 3-1 in the first game, and then uh, 2-1 in the next game to take the World Cup there. So three World Cups, 1-1 by the United States, 2-1 by Canada. So now they're looking at doing that. Pierre Lebrun reporting that they've uh, already started meeting. They met last week, the NHL and its Players Association, to start planning the 2024 World Cup. And again, instead of doing it in that usual slot in September, it would be held in February. 
The NHL hadn't wanted to do this in the past because they didn't want to disrupt the season. The owners didn't, but it looks like they're on board to doing it this time around. So just something to plant in the back of your mind and uh, to keep an eye on here story-wise as we move along. Great to have Dylan Holloway on the show. Hot prospect for the Edmonton Oilers. Seems to be enjoying life in Bakersfield, but you know his sights are set on the National Hockey League. Kevin Lowe joined us a little earlier as well, and Matt O'Donnell is going to be coming up after the 7.30 news as the uh, giant man from the Elks offensive line from the last few seasons has decided to retire, so it'll be good to talk with Matt. Did some checking here. The Free Willy film series. You got Free Willy. Mm -hmm. Then you got Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home. Then you got Free Willy 3, The Rescue. And then you got another movie that it, it was not Free Willy 4. It was just called Free Willy Escape from Pirate's Cove. So they really wrapped it up there. So I guess the pirates eventually captured uh, Willy or whatever <laughs> the name of the was. Anyway. <laughs> the aquatic star of the film Free Willy was an orca named uh, Keiko. Keiko? I don't know. Has since passed away, sadly enough. So that is the Free Willy film series. Kellen Kennedy, as usual, you are speechless. Yes. I'm, I'm just astounded <laughs> by this. Well, I t- was talking about Free Willy earlier, and there being more than one film, so I had to find out because it's really important to me. Mm. By the way, speaking of Ocean's Eleven, I, I watched about the last uh, hour of that film. It was on, oh, I don't even know what day it was. Last Friday, maybe it was last Saturday after the Oilers and the Canadians game. That's a good movie. Uh It's got a good cast. You got got Clooney, you got Pitt, you got Damon, you got uh, Roberts, you got uh, Garcia, uh, Cheadle, and a couple other guys. Well, 11 guys, I guess, total. Elliot Gould was in that movie. Did you remember that? I uh, didn't know about Elliot Gould, but yes. The, uh... the one where they robbed the casino. Yes. That's no, not a Ocean's spoiler, Eleven by the way. Good, it's yes. about robbing a casino, and yes, they pull it off. It's how they pull it off that is especially fun. Uh-huh. We need a crossover, I think. That's another screenplay we should write, Kellen. <laughs> what about a gang of killer whales robbed a casino? <laughs> Are they dressed as Elvis too, or no? It would have to. Here's the thing: they would a bunch of guys, like the billionaires that own the casino, would say, "We're going to build a casino that's impossible to rob because we're going to build it underwater." And then the killer whales find out about it, and they're like, "Not so fast." Actually, they would be more like. Anyway, sonar. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.